0: He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Layup
1: with an iron into the hazard. <laughs> oh my God, you had to deal with the golf course people too.
2: Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know?
0: What is up everybody? Welcome into another edition of the 73rd hole. Colby pal Taylor Williams with you as Sam Humphreys, finishes up his Honeymoon, he will be back with us Tuesday as we will preview the Tour Championship coming up next weekend at East Lake. Of course, we are the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Head over to GolfOklahoma.org. Check out everything that happened this past weekend out at Oak Tree East at the Oklahoma Open. We'll get a little more into that here in just a bit. But Taylor, what is it about the BMW Championship that continues to deliver these fantastic finishes? de DeChambeau this afternoon was a big-time heavyweight fight.
1: Man, we it, there's two, there's so many different ways that a golf tournament can be played. We saw last year with Brom and DJ winning the score was what four under, I believe, and there was like five people that broke par. And this year we don't have we didn't have one player in the tournament, but we shoot over par for seventy two holes, and we end up having even a more thrilling finish this year than than I thought, and I didn't even know that was possible. But the fact that DeChambeau had so many chances to win and then wasn't able to capitalize, and then on, um, I, I get all my playoff holes mixed up now, but when, the one where he hit it in the water and then was able to get up and down for par, and Cantley wasn't able to capitalize on a birdie there. I mean, there was just so much drama. Then he going in the par three where they both hit it to a combined 10 feet between the two of them, which was just unbelievable. I mean, it's, there's so many great things you could talk about this, and even going back before the playoff, there was drama. He had Cantley hit it in the water on 17. thought the tournament it was over with, and then all of a sudden, Bryson, who had the chipping yips, clubs and barely gets it on the green. I mean, there's there's so many avenues to, to go here, Kobe. I don't even know where to start.
0: Yeah, I mean, why don't we start with Patrick Cantlay and the week that he had on the greens. Strokes gained putting. He gained for the week 3.64 strokes putting. Bryson DeChambeau was second at 2.34, and then you got to go down to 1.72 to get to ROM. It was a historically great putting week for Patrick Cantlay. Taylor, he lost strokes gained putting on Saturday and still finished plus 3.64 for the week. In regulation, he made almost 500 feet of putts, which is second best in PGA Tour history behind Kevin Nott, the 2019 Shriners, whenever he just went nuts, against, by the way, Patrick Cantlay, who I believe he beat that year in a playoff. Patrick Cantlay was an absolute assassin this week with the stick.
1: Man, yeah, it was... If if you're Bryson, it's got to be hard to watch at that point because it's like, man, this guy just keeps making it, making it, making it, and, you know, for Cantlay, he he was hitting, uh, especially on approach shots, he was hitting uh, first every single time because... Bryson was 40 yards ahead of him, and Bryson today seemed like he had the driver going. I mean, he was – let me check here. He was approximately – no, that's uh, strokes game putting. Pheno uh, actually led the day on strokes game putting, believe that or not. He was 4.62. Bryson today strokes game putting – or strokes game off the tee, 2.86. Next best was Rory at 1.37. Bryson was just annihilating the driver day. But Bryson, like we've seen and, and like I talked about before, his approaches. He lost one point oh eight approaches to the green today. And he's not able to capitalize on the mega drives that he hits. And that ended up costing him there. I mean, everyone's gonna look at the the missed putts that he had, which at the end of the day, the uh the putts that he had, especially on eighteen, he had so many opportunities to win a tournament and people even go back and look at the putts that he had on fifty nine uh on Friday to make it didn't even sniff the hole. So m- maybe bryson has got a little bit of putting rules there, but I think when we look back on it, I think that he really didn't just not take, not capitalize on the opportunities he had whenever he was hitting the driver as well as he was cold.
0: Yeah, I think you're probably right. I mean, the the shots that they were hitting in the playoff to go back and forth, it was the fourth playoff hole where Bryson hit his tee shot in the water. I mean, you're thinking Cantlay's got it made in the shade. He takes a little 7-iron, brings it down off the hill and the stones for Bryson to step up and hit it to 4 feet and extend the playoff. And then they go back to 17. Bryson hits it to 6 feet. It's an awesome shot. You're thinking Cantlay might be out of luck. Cantlay stuffs it in there inside 3 feet and they both make birdie before coming back to 18. And Cantlay rolls another one in at 18. Bryson actually hit the hole with his putts on the second playoff hole and on the third playoff hole. Neither of them went in. They both lipped out uh, just on the high side and Cantlay ends up getting it done in the end. It was still a big week for both of them. They both get to 27 under par. This was our first experience with Caves Valley. First time it's hosted a PGA Tour event. Obviously, we want to preface this by saying tropical storms have come through the Northeast. It rained a ton, a ton, a ton coming into this tournament. It rained a bunch in the days leading up it rained on friday there was a weather delay the course was soft and that made it incredibly easy but taylor everybody went deep what was your overall impression of caves valley
1: well it's it's almost like they uh it's kind of like the usga whenever they have a us open that's really tough one year the next year it seems to be really easy and then vice versa like they'll just go off and on each year and the, it's almost like the bmw decided to do that like i mentioned earlier. We had five players who shot under par last year, and this year, literally everyone in the field shot under par. Um, so, I, I, and obviously, like you mentioned, Colby, with the tropical storms, I believe the first two days they played it left clean in place, so that obviously helps manage The greens, you have to give them credit. I mean, the greens were phenomenal, as we saw. Patrick Cantley was making in everything, and it seemed like everyone was rolling pretty good putts. It seemed like the putts that were missing were miss hits, as opposed, or I'm sorry, miss reads and miss miss hits, as opposed to greens hitting bumps and, and going all over the place. But I will say this about Cays Valley. I think that I was trying to keep track of it today, but I didn't do a very good job. I would think that a, at least four to six holes out there, you could shrink the fairways by three yards on each side, and it, it would make it that much tougher. I just I think the fairways on a lot of holes were just that little bit extra too wide. We even saw it a couple of times from Bryson down the stretch where he hit a, what, what looked to be a really good drive, but it would land. And, Obviously, if it was firmer, it would have rolled out a little bit, but it's still landing soft and staying in the fairway. Whereas, if each fairway was three yards four in, he would have been at least in the first cut, maybe even the, the intermediate cut. So, it's um, I, I think with Tays Valley, I think it's a beautiful golf course, and I think that it has potential to host some more events because, and also too, the scores are going to be low. There's four par fives and a drivable par four, so I mean, you got to think that those holes are almost essential birdies, and we saw a lot of eagles this week to go with that. So, I think that. In the future, I would like to see, obviously you can't control the tropical storm comes in, but I would like to see the fairway shrunken just a little bit, or maybe make the rough even a little bit longer, because I didn't think, I think that's one of the reasons that Bryson was able to excel a lot this week, because he was just able to bomb it out there. We even saw it a couple times earlier, not even earlier today, but earlier in the week, where he would hit it what looked like it was off the planet, and he had a a fairly nice fly where it had been trampled down. He did have a lot of good curve events, but it seemed to be a little bit more pace this week, Colby, than I think it could have been, especially compared to the last year in Olympia Fields.
0: Yeah, I think you're probably right. Narrow the fairways a little bit, and maybe if you don't get all the rain, it could be a really good tournament course. I still, it's never going to be Olympia Fields, where you know five guys are under par and four under goes to a playoff. But I think with firmer, faster conditions, a little bit narrower fairways, a little bit longer rough, maybe we get down into the teens for a winning score, as opposed to getting up to 27. I hope everyone doesn't judge Caves Valley too harshly on the scores being so low, because again, they did have so much rain. Lift clean in place Thursday and Friday. The greens were absolutely. absolutely... Absolutely perfect. But the course itself set up for a phenomenal finish. The finishing holes were great, and the playoff was great. We were texting you, me, and Sam. Sam's making his way back from his honeymoon. He'll be back tomorrow and join us on Tuesday. As far as exciting finishes go, this tournament to me was was entertaining. Bryson 59 watch on Friday was entertaining. It was a good tournament, but I, I didn't think it was like, you know, had any claim to being one of the best tournaments of the season because it was just a pitch and putt, but then the finish was one of the best finishes of the season, if not the best. So, I mean, where does this tournament stack up season long for best finishes this year on the PGA Tour? You think PGA Championship, probably a couple of others, but... Uh, other than that, I mean, can't lay into Shambo. It was a heavyweight fight today, and this one has to rank near the top.
1: I mean, how, how many playoffs have we had this year, Colby? I mean, it seems like, and not not only that, we've had long plays. since then and big playoffs. Like even at the Wyndham, we had a, a six play playoff, which which tied the record. It should have been seven if Russell Henley had missed a three footer. And then we have the, the infamous Harry English and um, Hickok, I believe, was who it was at uh, at the Travelers. They went eight holes or how many other holes it was. I mean, just you've had so many great, great finishes. And I think think that's really good. And you throw in there, Colby, the playoff for for the bronze at the Olympics, I think that has to be ranked up there. I think that was some of the most entertaining golf I've watched. But whenever you include the fact, and I think they made a good point on on the telecast towards the end of the playoff, is that not only are are both Cantlay and DeChambeau big names in the game, but they're also very young, too. They're both sub-30. So, I mean, I think that, that definitely propels and made this even better because these are going to, these guys aren't going anywhere anytime soon. And I, I, I think Cantley's got a game that's going to sustain until he's 65 or 70 years old. And Bryson, it just depends, you know, how long he wants to try to stay on this distance train. But these are the, the kind of future of the game. And Patrick Cantley is very quietly one of, one of the best players in golf. And he gets overshadowed by guys like, like Speed and even bigger names like Ricky Fowler. Like people think of Ricky Fowler before they do Patrick Cantley when they think golf which is kind of crazy but but yeah i think the, the future golf right whenever you talk about great finishes I, i'm trying to think of some other ones that, that went up there obviously phil winning at the pga stands out there but so many great playoffs and everything in there I, I, off top of my head colby i can't think of anything else that's that would top this a, a six-hole playoff with two of the top at worst 10 players in the world both americans as well so that that helps our a Ryder Cup, uh, 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 going into the Ryder Cup, so that's great. Um, yeah, I can't think of any um,
0: off-top head at all. Yeah, I mean, ROM at the U.S. Open was exciting, but, you know, it was two putts on 17 and 18. Louis pulled it in the in the junk on 17, and the tournament was kind of over. This was, and, and it's crazy, I was, re- I didn't really care who won the playoff. Uh, I was watching it. Me and my wife are sitting in here watching it. She's ready for it to be over, but I wanted it to keep going because it was so entertaining. I was rooting for Bryson to make the putt there on the sixth playoff hole to extend it to another one because I just wanted to keep watching the show and I texted you and Sam, and we've got a group text, we always text on Sunday when the tournaments are going, and I said, these guys are so good, it makes me want to puke. This game that we play, it's such a difficult game, it is so hard, and they make it look so easy, and... I have so much respect for these guys that go out there and lock in and grind mentally for four days. We had the club championship this weekend, Taylor, at the Greens. Two days, 18 holes a day. I am spent. Mentally, physically, I'm exhausted. I don't want to touch my clubs for a month. These guys go out and do it every week and perform at this high level. And in the playoff, with so much on the line, so much pressure, they're playing for the money this week. They're playing for the points that are awarded this week. They are playing to see who starts at 10 under next week at Eastlake and who doesn't there is so much on the line in this playoff and the caliber of golf that was being played was just absolutely through the roof I just I have so much respect for how hard these guys work and how good they are because Taylor these guys make a really hard game look so so incredibly easy sometimes
1: yeah I think you need to be put into perspective we talked about how easy the course was and obviously it was easy when no one shoots over par but can't land these chambeau they're 27 under par i mean that that is absurd i don't care if you're playing a 3,700 yard course i mean or a par three you shoot 27 under par or we could play Huntman national par five course that sam wants to build if you shoot 27 under that's fantastic and and so i think that I, they just play phenomenal golf and it showed it was, it was very similar to Maybe not quite up to the standards of a of a simpson mickelson at uh, at Troon uh, heads-up matchup, but it was pretty close. Whenever it comes to, it was just big names, and it was also it was a two-horse race on the back nine. And there's really no one who had a chance to get them. My, my pick, son M finished solo third, but he never really had a chance to, to contend or make a run at it, just because Bryson and, and Cantley were were just going nuts out there. I mean, it just seemed like any time he thought that someone from the pack was going to make a birdie and. Maybe make a little bit of run to to make a run at third and kind of put some pressure on the two of them. One of them with birdie or eagle, and then the other one with birdie right on top of them. It it was so fun to watch, but at the same time, you know, you're looking down, and we we can get even more than this. You have someone like K. H. Lee who's sitting at 28th in the middle of the fairway on 18, and then basically shanks it over into the creek, makes a bogey or double, and ends up going to 32nd in the in the cut playoffs, missing the tour championship on one swing so you know we, we sit here and we think about the good the the playoff and all the excitement that was there but also like we mentioned even on our, our previous show Colby there was a lot of drama when it came down to who was going to be in the top 30 who was going to be the last few guys to get in it was one putt here or there one swing here or there it was it was extremely entertaining to watch one of my favorite tournaments no doubt.
0: Yeah, it was unbelievable, and you talk about some of the guys that were chasing, Sung Jm was at 23, Rory at 22, Eric Van Royen has had back-to-back really nice playoff starts, back-to-back top fives to open the playoffs, he was 21 under, Sergio and DJ one shot back of Van Royen, T6 at 20 under, so there were seven players that got it to 20 under or better this week, and I think the Phil Stinson comparison is a really good one, I mean the only difference is that one was a major and this one wasn't, but we're talking about two guys who at the time are amongst the best players in the game, two guys who um, you know, go out and leave the field in their dust and who both deserve to win a golf tournament. I mean, Patrick Cantlay and Bryson and Shambo both played well enough to win a golf tournament this week. Same as Henrik and Phil several years back. They both played well enough to hoist the Claret Jug that week. And... That's whenever you get some of these electric showdowns. It's not like, you, you know, shout out to Harris English for winning the eight-hole playoff against Kramer Hickok. That was a boring eight-hole playoff. They were hitting average shots. They were, you know, it was average putting. It was just, it was a boring playoff. This was anything but. This was absolute pure electricity pretty much start to finish. So I love, love, love that comparison. Uh, I mentioned I had a club championship out at the Greens this weekend, and you know what I saw? I saw a bunch of club. It was hot, and everybody was partaking in some clubbies, having a good time, and enjoying a nice, cold refreshment. A more drinkable version of the Oklahoma staple, the Club special, the official seltzer of slicing limes, not drive. Saw a lot of that this weekend at the Greens. It has electrolytes, keep you going on a hot day, does not contain artificial flavors, perfect for a hot day on or off. The golf course makes shooting any score bearable. The freshest, smoothest, leanest, greenest, number one seltzer in golf. Taylor, uh, do you have... Have, have you been able to find the updated FedEx Cup standings? Because they they have not updated them yet on PGA Tour which is where I went to try to find them. I know that Cantley moved up into one, but I I can't find uh, who's right on the bubble. I know Reed snuck in, but I can't find who was just out. Yes, and
1: I I definitely want to complain about the Reed thing. I, I think it I think it's atrocious. But yes, I do have him in front of me. So we have Cantley who moved up to one. Uh, now, who won last week, finished fifteenth this week. Solid 63, I believe, he shot today. He's in second. DeChambeau with the with the playoff loss is in third. Rom with two uh two top ten weeks is in fourth. Cam Smith, I picked last week's in fifth. JT sixth, Terry English, seventh. Um Abraham Hanser, eighth, uh, Jordan Speed, ninth, Sam Burns, another good week, is in the top ten. Far more with two really horrible weeks has dropped outside of the top ten. Colby, you could have got some odds on that happening before the playoffs started. You would have would have been in there. So looking at it, only two guys moved in and two guys moved out. You had Eric Van and we mentioned earlier Colby Solo fifth moved up to twenty seventh. And guaranteed, essentially now, captain stick for the, the European team, Sergio Garcia, who moved from 44th to 28th, uh, with his tied sixth finish. The two, the two guys that moved out were my boy Charlie Hoffman, one of my picks, who had one of the, one of the best shanks you'll ever see in your entire life. Uh, I believe it was yesterday when it happened. And Max Homa, who was right on the bubble at 30, uh, moved down to 35th. Uh, he did not have a very good week finish, uh, tied 63rd. But I, I, have two things I want to talk to you about, Paul. the first one since we're on, we're on this, but we'll stick to this. Patrick Green did not have near good enough of a year to have missed the first two playoff events and still be in the third championship. How does he still win? I, I have no idea.
0: I mean, I the simple answer is he won at Tory in a good strength of field, and it got him a whole bunch of points, and it moved him up the the leaderboard. He did not have a great year, but I mean, a win makes all the difference. I remember last year we had like Lanto Griffin was in uh, what was it East Lake? Uh, Sebastian Munoz was at East Lake last year because they'd won events in the fall. Winning works wonders. And you, you know, I was thinking about it. I'm like, should you have to make a start in one of the first two playoff of Events in order to qualify for East Lake, But I think ultimately I determined I, I wouldn't necessarily like that uh, if they were to make that change because it, it is a season-long race and everybody plays by the same point system the whole year. And, y- you know, Reed in my opinion, probably should have just barely missed it. But nobody who was there and who had a chance to leapfrog him could get quite enough done. And for the season-long points race... He's thirtieth, so I mean, I guess he deserves to be there. But I mean, yeah, it's just that win at Torrey completely vaulted him up.
1: Well, you know, I, I look at something like this right, and I, and I know he had a horrible eighteen hole that plays a lot into it. But K. H. Lee was thirty seventh going into this week. He finishes t twelve, and it only moves him up to thirty one, Did not pass who was twenty six before the week. Patrick Reed, who didn't even play the event. I, I just, I, I, do, I don't understand the. I guess I would say the emphasis on the point structure, or I guess how, how many points are distributed between first and 10th, and I down to 15th in that range, I guess would be where I have qualms. Because also you have someone like Alex Noren, who, who was in 43rd going into the week. He finished T9, two, two great back to back weeks. He's only able to move up to 33rd. And then I'm just sitting here and I'm looking at Reed, who had played in either of the two events. And I look back on his year, and obviously he won the Travelers, where we all know that he cheated. But he still won by five strokes, so a real or six, how well, I many ever it was, so it doesn't really matter. But I just, I, we talked about it for the Ryder Cup. He just wasn't playing that good this year. I just, I did not think that, and, and it's just something that we need to see going forward, because we talked about how we, there needs to be some sort of, of structure change, and I completely agree, because I can understand if you're in the top ten going into it, but, I mean, Reed, like I said, Reed was not having that good of year. He did not play near good enough, especially the last three months, to be able to miss. Two playoff events and still get the essentially 360000 guaranteed or how much ever it is check that you get for finishing 30th next week. So, I mean, Ron, or not Ron, uh, Reed, who's been sick, he can just go out there and play uh, the 72 holes. It doesn't matter. If he's going to collect the huge check. So, I, I wouldn't be surprised even if he plays horrible, he could finish DFL shoot a million over par, but he's still going to get paid. And so, I, I think there needs to be a little bit of, of restructuring here. We talked about it before, Colby, but I just, I, I'm not real. I'm not real thrilled with the fact of someone cannot not have that good of year, miss the first two playoff events, and still get in the church championship over someone like K H Lee or Alex Norton, who have both played fairly well in the playoffs at the
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily disagree. Patrick Reed, uh, I don't think, is as deserving of being there because his success came so long ago, and he's been fairly mediocre aside from that one week. But the point system is what it is. Why don't we take a break, come back on the other side. We'll talk a little bit more about the FedEx Cup playoffs. We'll talk about what took place at the Oklahoma Open. We can talk a little bit about the club championship uh, at the Greens this week that I did not win if we want to dive into a little tournament golf and course setup and stuff like that. So we'll just have a little fun. We'll take a break, come back, stay with us on the 73rd hole the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma
2: when something the size of a golf ball hits your roof you need to call McCray Roofing McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist for years Jeff McCray and the experienced team at McCray Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McCray Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405 692 That's 405 692 Make sure to also visit their website at mcrayroofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today.
0: Welcome back, rolling along here on a Sunday evening. Got stuff going on tomorrow and also we didn't want to wait talk about that matchup and that showdown between Patrick Cantlay and Bryson DeChambeau is absolutely phenomenal. We are the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Go to GolfOklahoma.org. Subscribe today. Today, not tomorrow. You're going to forget. Right now, subscribe. GolfOklahoma.org. Get all of the great info sent right to your email. Make it your homepage. You can listen to our podcast right there on the homepage of Golf Oklahoma. Now, Taylor, you said you wanted to ask me something uh, about the playoff that took place between Patrick Cantlay and Bryson DeChambeau before we put the BMW to rest what you got
1: yeah so my, my question here and we may have talked about this at some point with all these long playoffs but but i want to readdress it because i think it's something that needs to be changed okay so so they played six playoff holes and every single hole bryson hits first because he drew the the first number on the 18th hole i i think that that should it should alternate each hole who hits first i think it's ridiculous that the same player gets to, or gets to or has to Hit first every single playoff hole, especially when you go a continuous length of playoff holes. I think that it should just be like alternate shot where you alternate. If if you tie the first hole, the next guy alternates on the second shot. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. I'm not saying that's why Bryce lost anything, but I think it's ridiculous that you go six or multiple playoff holes and the same person hits first every time. I, I think that's ridiculous. What are your
0: thoughts on that? I could not agree more. You tie in regulation, so you go to a playoff, and you're tying all these playoff holes, but we're deciding who gets the box based on the number that we drew out of the hat on the tee box of the first playoff hole? You're right. It makes no sense, and I feel like we've had this conversation before because we always see this in playoffs. You draw numbers, and then that's just the order that you play in. You could play from now until eternity, but that's the order that you're playing in. We could play 40 playoff holes, and Bryson was going to be teeing off first on every single one. It's, It's very weird. It's like, uh, you know, Cantlay, that shot that he hit into, I believe it was the fifth playoff hole on the par three when he hit it to two and a half feet. It's like, Bryson gets hit first on every playoff hole, and then he steps up and stuffs it to six feet, really puts the pressure on Cantlay. Now, Cantlay came through and was able to knock it inside three feet, but I totally agree, Taylor. You've got to alternate. Um, You've got to alternate who tees off first on the holes because it does change things. You know, Bryson steps up and hits it in the water on 18. That changes things. That's a big deal, and, you know, Cantlay might not have known it was in the water and all that but yeah i completely agree i think that you should do that um, and then i wonder so if there's more than two guys in the playoff uh what would we do then just if you teed off first you go to to last and you just rotate that way if you were third you move up to second your second you move up to first and so on yeah it's
1: like uh, uh what- the old basketball game you split the free throw line, gotchip or whatever, where you, where you yeah. make the shot, you go to the back of the line. It's just like that. Yeah. So whoever goes, there's three people, or, or like um, when we had six people play at, um, at the Wyndham. So you go one, two, three, four, five, six. The next uh, next time you go around, since everyone made it, you go uh, two, three, four, five, six, and then one. We would take off last. That that would be my way to end. I can't I can't think of anything that would be that would be better. Unless you just cut it down the middle, but then you can't do that if you have three people. So I think that that would be by far the easiest solution. I tell you what's a hell of a lot better than just saying, "Hey, we drew some random numbers on the first hole." And w-. could you imagine if Tiger and Rocco in the eighteen-hole playoff that they just drew numbers and whoever drew one to sit first every hole for the eighteen holes? It, it, it's just ridiculous to think about. It. And I don't. I just don't understand why it's why it's like that, truly. In all I'm
0: I have no idea. Yeah, I don't either. It makes absolutely no sense to me, but I totally agree that that is a rule that should be changed. Uh, all right, enough for the golf tournament that was played in Maryland. How about the one that was played at Oak Tree? I mean, you talk about guys being good at golf. Zach James goes out, goes eighteen under for three rounds at Oak Tree East in sweltering ninety-five plus degree heat with 10 to 20 mile an hour winds out of the South uh, all three days. And how about this, Taylor? Zach James goes 18 under for three rounds. Only wins by a stroke over Sam Sam Stevens, who's, uh, you know, the the killer on the All-Pro Tour. Zach James plays holes 9 and 18, a combined 2-under over the course of three days. And if anybody's familiar with Oak Tree East, those are Pete Dye specials, absolute monsters of golf holes. Two pars and a birdie on each of those for him. Number 14 out there is a brutal long par 3 over water with a massive green. He plays that hole 2-under for the week. I mean, it is just – it's really impressive what Zach James went out and did this week because there were some big names right on his heels. Sam Stevens and then Quade Cummins finishes T3 uh, with Wyatt Worthington, the second uh, out of Ohio. So, I mean, it was a really great event, a great Oklahoma Open. The OGA does it right. Uh, and another great tournament at Oak Tree.
1: I mean, are you kidding me, Colby? 65, 62, 65? And, and you only win by one? And it, it's just a... <laughs> It took a triple from, from our boy Sam Stevens to, uh, on 14 for it to even happen. Um, great article from Ken McLeod on to Go check it out. Where uh, Stevens had made, a, I think, I believe it's three birdies in a row, made, made a short putt on 13 to, uh, to, to get a pretty big lead on Zach James. And all of a sudden, Stevens hits in the water on the 200-something-yard 14-foot, which is just a brute. And, and James is able to make a, a 45-footer that breaks about 10 feet. And which anyone who's played that green with where the pin was, it's going to break severely. And so you had a four shot swing on the 14th hole on, on the final round. And, and Stevens makes a triple in that hole. And he still shoots 17 under. I mean, how good are these guys? Colby? And, you know, I want to show some love to some other people. Friend of the show, Cody Burroughs was able to finish top 20. He shot minus five for the tournament. You mentioned Quaid earlier, finished five third. Uh, friend of the show, Ekro finished t T seven. He shot a 69 uh, today. Uh, Thomas Johnson of OS, or I'm sorry, of OU finished T11 along with Mason Overstreet, another great player from this area. Hayden Wood finished 14th, from the show, shot minus seven for the tournament, so that's pretty good. Pretty good playing. So, I mean, it just it just goes to show, Colby. I got asked a couple of times why I didn't play in the Oklahoma Open. It's because there's no way I could have played. I could play the tournament three thousand times and I wouldn't shoot 18 There's no chance. There, there's no chance. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean th- these guys are just unbelievably good.
0: Yeah, I mean, these guys are disgustingly good. Zach Boshu, another name, former Oklahoma State Cowboy, was on that national championship team with Austin Ekro. They finished uh, just the two of them, T7 at 11 under for the week. I mean, if you wanted to top 10 this week, you had to be double digits under par at Oak Tree East, which is a a difficult golf course. Uh, If you were nine under par for three rounds, got you all of T11. So you better bring your A game if you're going to head out to Oak Tree. But another great event, and again, you want to know more, head over to GolfOklahoma.org, check it out. And huge Congratulations to Zach James. Because, like we said, not a name a lot of people uh, probably know, but a really good player that's done some stuff on the mini tours. And he had Sam Stevens and Quade Cummins right on his heels, like you said, Taylor. That 14th hole, a four shot swing right there, was big time. So, uh, Taylor, I actually did not get to watch much of the golf today. I got home pretty much as they were teeing off on the first playoff hole. We had the club championship out at the Greens this week. Uh, a buddy of mine, Mike Nichols, won championship flight. He had a great week flight one is where i was at taylor i was tied with three holes to go we both birdied 16 and then i bogeyed 17 and we both parred 18 i lose by a shot so close right on the edge of victory i could taste it and then i had to settle for silver losing is not near as much fun as winning
1: did, did you know that you're a tight folder did, did you know the results whenever you stood there did you know after Uh,
0: I knew that we were tied. We actually both did. So he and I entered the day. I entered the day one back of him, and we were both uh, three or four shots back of two other guys. Those guys didn't have very good days, and we played pretty well. So he went 76, 75. I went 77, 75 at the greens, which was playing brutally tough. Uh, Three over for two days, one championship flight, uh, and those guys can really get after it. So they was playing brutally tough. But, yeah, he and I were actually riding together today today in the cart and we both knew where we stood coming home on those final three holes it was a lot of fun uh kind of being in the intensity there with the competition and he just got the better of me by a shot but it was a great tournament we had a lot of fun so did,
1: was it just a, a two-horse race Because there anyone in a chance at third and at 16 to par five so what happened on the par five? You, you got to give us
0: some details, Toby. How, how did the last three ons go? Uh, par five, we both piped it down the middle. We both hit uh, mid irons, five or six irons, I think, to uh, about 25 feet. Two putted for birdie. 17, we both hit the fairway. We both missed the green just left. He chips to three feet. I chip to six feet. I lip out. He makes. Uh, and then on 18, we both hit poor T shots. We both hit it to about 30 feet. So I knew I needed to make. I missed about two inches on the low side and ran about three feet by from 30 feet. Feet, and then he lagged it up to about two feet and tapped it in for the win. Uh, nice guy. Keith Skaggs is his name. Uh, played some really good golf over two days. And we had fun. Like I said, we were riding in the car together. We're friends. We had a good time. But, uh, yeah, it's it's. Kind of cool knowing where you're at, knowing you're tied for the lead, and you've got to step up and hit the shots. Uh, I mean, we were tied for the lead with three holes to go. I played the final three holes at even. He played them at one under. He deserved the win, and he got it. So it was a lot of fun, though. Being being right there in the hunt, even at you know just a smaller club championship type tournament, it's a lot of fun. And like I said. I, the mental exhaustion of competing to win a golf tournament, I mean, these guys do it every week on the PGA, Corn Ferry, LPGA, all these tours, they do it every week. The grind is so, so exhausting, and I only did it for two days, and I'm ready to just – I mean, I had just gotten home for the playoff, and then we did this. I'm ready to go take a shower, get in my bed, and sleep for about 12 hours. What are
1: you going to give your pro shop credit, card?
0: It's a good question. I don't know. I think I'm going to try to stack it up till the end of the year, uh, maybe get a new big stick. I haven't got stack a new it driver. Up. Listen,
1: listen to this guy. <laughs> listen to this guy. He's going to stack up his pro credit because he keeps on just winning every tournament. So, you remember at the greens, you might want to start rubbing in the because he just thinks he's going to win every tournament going forward. So, uh, ho- hopefully someone starts yelling in your backswing for all that confidence.
0: Stuff. Well, I haven't been spending it throughout the year because I know I need a new driver, but drivers are so freaking expensive, man. I don't want to go – I mean, I got a I got a kid on the way. I uh, So I'm trying to build up my Pro Shop credit throughout the year so that about the time December rolls around, I can get myself a nice new driver for Christmas. That would be a really nice Christmas present to myself, I think.
1: That would be, yeah, and that, that would save the trouble for, for Dana getting you a Christmas present too. you just kind of get it all in one, then you can get the kids something. You know, priorities. Exactly. Win,
0: win. 100%. So uh, that was a lot All of fun. Right. Big shout out to the crew at the Greens. Um, what were you going to say, Taylor?
1: I got a quick, a quick question for you, and you can keep on anything you want. Quick question right off the top of your head. You can only pick one for the Ryder Cup. Webb Simpson, Scotty Scheffler, Sam Byrne. So you pick
0: it. Oh, off the top of my head? I don't even know if my head can think I'll that fast. Uh, Scheffler.
1: I mean, I mean, I mean, we talk about it all the time, but after being not playing great and can't land everything, I mean, it's it basically going to come down to Tricker's got to pick one of those, one of those three. I mean, that's basically what it boils down to. So, I mean, I've heard a lot of Sam Burns talk lately. A lot of people want Burns to be that last pick. I don't know if he's going to get it, though.
0: Burns has gotten hot. I think we can pretty much rule Phil out at this point. Phil had one good week all year. Phil did come out and say that he would gladly accept uh, an invite to be a Ryder Cup vice captain, which I think would be a perfect role for Phil. He's still there. You still get all the support. You still get all the fun from Phil. He's been in team rooms for years, but he just has not played good enough golf. He has not earned his way onto the Ryder Cup team. I think it'd be a shame to leave somebody else off and kind of give Phil what I think would basically be a career achievement award to put him on the team. He had He had four good days the entire season. Uh, I don't think that he deserves to be there, but to me, I think that you could really, you can't go right or wrong with Webb, Scheffler, and Burns. I don't think there's a ton that differentiate those three for me, so I'm just going with the guy that I think would probably fit Whistling Straights the best, and I think that that is is probably Scheffler, Uh, but I mean, if it is Webb or Burns, I feel good about both of those guys, too. And we've got one more tournament next week at Eastlake. One of those guys goes out and wins the tournament or, uh, you know, I say wins the tournament, has the lowest score for four days. Who knows what that does to the mind of Steve Stricker? It's just, I mean, the Ryder Cup captains always have to leave people out and it's so tough because if those captain's picks don't play well, you're going to get questioned about the guys that you left out. But... At The end of the day, you just have to make a decision, and somebody's going to draw the short straw. And if I were picking, it'd probably be Burns and Webb. But I'll have absolutely no problem if either one of those guys wind up being the final pick. Who would yours be?
1: I, I, in all honesty, just because of match play, I think I'll go with Webb. I, I think that he's slightly better fit, even yep. though he may, I, I think sheffler has been playing the best over the last. Scheffler's been playing the best over the last three months. Burns has been playing best over the last month, which is. You know, it's kind of like so. What, how, how wide of a a, a frame do you want to go there? Here's another question, Bob. Me, me, and my dad were talking about this when I was down there watching it with him. Can you play Bryson an alternate shot right now?
0: That is a great question. At Whistling straights, maybe depending on how they set the course up. I don't, what are you, are you saying? Because there's the, approach shots. You don't think he hit his approach shots close enough?
1: He's got the chipping yips, Bob. The only time yeah. he chips is on seventeen. He barely got it on the green. You got a guy who. He, the point I was trying to make was that I think that even with Bryson's long drives, I think that the positions that he can get you off the tee will lose you more holes than it will win, if that makes sense. And I also think, too, that he, he like I said, he can't chip. So if you get him in a position where he has to chip, he's not going to chip it close enough for the guy to make it. I, I, I think Bryson plays every single best ball match because he can birdie any hole in the world and maybe even the universe. We want to span it out that far. But I don't think there's any way he can play a multiple shot. I, I think he's way too much of a variable, especially with, like, we just mentioned all the other great players that were butting heads against. I, I think Bryson has to sit for the ultimate shot. And if he, if, if Stricker ends up playing him and he doesn't win, I'll come back and say I'm wrong. But I think if, if he does play an alternate shot, I, th- I think they lose. I, I, I think, unless he's just absolutely on a heater, which he could be, but I, I just, I think there's too much variable in Bryson's game, folding. that I, I think he has to send the bench an alternate shot
0: can we talk about how disgusting it is that Bryson has the chipping yips
1: and he shot 27 under for four rounds of golf? He was putting from everywhere off the green. I thought it was slightly kind of bizarre in all honesty. And maybe it was because for the first couple of days, he was going uh, lift clean and play. So you get better lives and he just wasn't fully comfortable around. But you saw that chip on 17 was just so bad. And, you can just tell you scooped it. Kind of, kind of looked like Lexi, Lexi Thompson at the uh, the women's open when she was coming down the stretch. Just You could tell it was not right. There was no commitment there. So, yeah, I think Bryson, you play every every round of best ball and definitely singles. But at this point, I, I don't think there's any way that he could play the ultra shot. And yes, it is absolutely disgusting that he shot 27 under par with the chipping because he gained over two strokes off the tee, which is something that we've seen maybe once over the last three years or whatever, and it was from Bryson himself.
0: Yeah, yeah, he was ridiculously good off the tee this week. Also ridiculously good, the Spine Clinic of Oklahoma. Dr. Beecham and Dr. Brawley are both avid golfers, high-quality, individualized patient care at the Spine Clinic of Oklahoma. Dr. Beecham does non-invasive. The Spine Clinic offers the capability to approach all options before surgery. Dr. Beecham specializes in interventional pain management, and he is double board certified in anesthesiology and pain management. However, if you are needing back surgery, Dr. Brawley received the honor of being listed as one of the top 20 spines surgeons under the age of 40 in North America. Visit thespineclinicok.com located off Broadway Extension on Britain in Oklahoma City. Taylor, Corn Ferry Tour this week. Taylor Moore finishes T10. Joshua Creel finishes T10. Both friends of the show. Corn Fairy Tour winding down as well. We'll have some more PGA Tour cards to hand out.
1: Yeah, I, I love it. I love seeing that the Oklahoma players play well. It's just great, especially the fact that they're friends of the show. just Just makes it even better. But but yeah, I just it, it's so great to see, and and the fact that they're all nice people too is what makes it great. But yeah, there's uh, I believe we got one more event coming up that's next week, and it's it's going to be a nail biter. We got got a lot of guys who are right there in contention. I, I'm doing my best, Kobe. I'm trying to find an updated rank system. I can't. I was able to find the FedEx Cup, but I'm not able to find. An updated corn fairy. So we'll, we'll be able to cover that a little bit more on Tuesday. But whenever you just look at it, I just think that the pressure on these guys is, is even more intense than someone like KH Lee had who, who's trying to fight for the top 30. These are guys just fighting to get their foot into the big door of, of the big dance and so much pressure going, but it, it just goes to show how great these players are. Just like you even alluded to earlier, the fact that they can have the, the guts and the minerals to hit the shots when they need to, because you're going to definitely need it next weekend. People like Taylor Moore have already done it for for a calendar year, and they're going to be rewarded for that by playing in the PJ I believe the first event of the year starts the week before of the uh, the Ryder Cup, so I think that'll be a debut for a lot of the a lot of names around the state.
0: Oh, yeah, we'll definitely have the uh, the fall schedule going on around the time of the Ryder Cups. So that'll be awesome to see Taylor Moore, Max McGreevy, some of those guys here locally get out there on the big tour, tee it up, and give it their best shot. Those guys are good enough to win on the PGA Tour. And when that day comes, uh, we'll be ecstatic for those guys. Uh, Taylor, did we miss anything this week? I think we pretty
1: much uh, made the rounds, touched them all. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I know uh, Sam will be joining us again on our next show. Uh, hopefully we'll have some. Some funny honeymoon stories. Uh, he was able to play Kapalua, so we'll get to hear a little bit of insight from that. And uh, he's probably like me—the the week I was going, Colby. He feel like a, a dog in a cage, just ready to get out and, and get to work. And just he, he Sam might be saying all kinds of crazy stuff when he gets back, and I can't wait. Yeah, absolutely. It's
0: uh, I know he was wanting to get on with us tomorrow, but we couldn't get on tomorrow. We got some stuff going on to talk about this tournament, the BMW Championship. So I'm sure we'll get his thoughts on the cantlay Lay playoff as well, and we will get you ready for what will take place at East Lake. We'll tell you where everybody is starting in that tournament. Of course, it ranges from 10 under par all the way down to even par uh, with like Eric Van and Patrick Reed, those guys a little further down. I think I saw Xander was starting at two under, like John Rahm starting at six under. We'll give you the whole list on Tuesday. We Appreciate everyone joining us, whether you're listening Sunday night, Monday morning, or whenever. Uh, Appreciate it. Follow us on Twitter, at the 73rd Hole, Instagram 73rd Hole. Rate and subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening. and Head over to GolfOklahoma.org, and make sure you subscribe there as well. Our great partners, uh, Ken McLeod and those guys, do a fantastic job and had some great coverage of the Oklahoma Open this weekend. Thanks, everybody, for joining us once again on the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.